And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being, God damn it! My life has value! We'll get together, have a few laughs. Welcome to Iowa Talk Guys Podcast. I'm your host, TP. I'm your host, Theo. And I'm your host, E-Rock. And today, we're bringing you uh, some articles. I think we'll just this this should be another did you see? Yeah, did you see? And it'll help us kind of be able to talk a little bit more about just what's happened since March too. Yeah, what'd you see? Did you see? Can't you see? I saw an article by Ron Paul, M.D., former congressman, Ron Paul, from the Ron Paul Institute. April 11th, 2023, founded on LouRockwell.com, recommend it as a daily visit. No Good affili- stuff. No affiliation. First paragraph. While we were being distracted by the ongoing Russia-Ukraine war and Washington's increasing involvement in the war, tremendous developments in the Middle East have all but ended decades of U.S. meddling in the region. Peace is breaking out in the Middle East, and Washington is not at all happy about it we spent 20 years destroying that region if not more now you just want to come in here and make peace without a knife that's what it sounds like <laughs> and he's referring to i believe you know the saudi and iranian dynamic that xi jinping went in brokered peace deal with uh yeah Iran and Syria. Yeah, I thought they had a mutual defense pact, actually. But regardless, apparently they have a they have bitter adversaries, according to Mister Doctor Ron Ron Paul. Yeah, the f- uh, highest level meeting between Saudi Arabia and Iran in seven years. And it looks like Saudi Arabia is going to invite Syria back into the Arab League. Which is kind of a big deal for Syria. According to Ron Paul, yeah. Yep, that is a big deal. Again, it's Mm. all signs that they're willing to bury the hatchet, work together with China and Russia. Well, what was the really reason why the U.S. didn't want that to happen? Because they could have easily done that. Control chaos. And Syria is, Assad is Putin's buddy. So, you know... We can't have him doing this. We can't have him joining our OPEC. Well, Putin did do him a favor in getting rid of his ISIS problem. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That was a nice thing to do. After it took the U.S. a year of just arming rebels and getting nothing accomplished. As usual. Or multiple years. It's by design at this point. Yeah, like I said, we've talked about that, and then Trump was just like, hey, 
Putin, he's your friend. You handle this mess. Which is the smart thing to do. Yeah, and, and Putin, uh, you Putin know was what? like, hold my beer. October 2015. President Obama is calling Russia's entry into the Syrian war, quote, a recipe for disaster, especially since U.S. warplanes are also in the skies over the war zone. July 2016. Let Russia bomb ISIS. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? They want to bomb them. Let them bomb them. Bomb the hell out of them. No, bomb them. But, and I said that, and somebody said, oh, that's controversial. A couple of the countries, no. We will not speak to Russia. We will not talk to Russia. And we will go and confront Russia. What? Over Syria? We're going to have to, we're going to start World War III, right? Give me a break. We'll know when to play games, folks. We'll know when to play games. This isn't the time. May 2020. Since Russia began its direct involvement in the Syrian war in 2015, Russia's achieved virtually all of its primary strategic objectives, including preventing the collapse of the Assad regime, limiting U.S. involvement in Syria, and retaking all of the major population centers from rebel control. After retaking Aleppo in 2016, the Russians systematically retook cities over the next four years. Homes, Deir Azor, the suburbs of Damascus, Dara, leaving Idlib as the final major area. And it has done this through Russian air power, where the primary ground forces aren't Russian. They're Syrian, they're Lebanese Hezbollah, and their range of militia groups. Among the early indicators of increased Russian military support for the Assad regime occurred during 2015. Both governments undertook a conversion and expansion of the Al-Assad International Airport. In three months, we've seen the airport grow from a civilian airport with a minor Syrian Air Force presence to the primary air facility for Russian forces operating in Syria. These key pieces of equipment and assets, particularly the strike aircraft, the attack helicopters, were used as the primary means through which Russia conducted its campaign in Syria. The Russian approach to warfare, much like it had been in Chechnya, was to adopt what we call a punishment strategy. The Russians have systematically targeted key civilian infrastructure in opposition-held areas of Syria. This includes hospitals, schools, uh, civilian infrastructure, including power plants and electrical stations. We see here in this image that the bomb that struck the surgical hospital likely impacted through the roof near the skylight. It then passed through the upper floors and likely exploded on the ground floor or the basement. The reason for this is that we see that the rubble that has been blown out on the first floor in the parking lot. So Russia conducted these strikes both to weaken the opposition militarily and to weaken the popular support that they had from the populations in which they were embedded. What the Russian campaign in Syria really shows us in the United States is that the Russians are bent on expanding influence through limited means, special operations forces, private military contractors, and Syria was just the beginning. It is not the end. We've seen the Russians then use Syria and take a similar approach to expanding influence in parts of Africa, Latin America, and Asia in an effort to compete directly with the United States and decrease U.S. influence. So this is 
strategic competition, Russian style, at its core. Like a German? No, oh, you're right. He is fluent in German, apparently. Hold my vodka. Well, he was stationed in East Germany as a KGB. Right, that's right, yes. Yeah, he can. On the wall. Mount Blueberry Hill. <laughs> Blueberry uh, Good times. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, Washington's not too happy about this going down. They spent literally decades of trying to stack the chips in their favor in that region and then yeah but that's what happens when you get when you you have the biggest stick and you're just poking it in people's asses you remember when former general army general wesley clark went public years years ago decades ago and of course he's a democrat yeah but um he came out and he said that he was originally approached with a plan to seven take over seven countries, countries in seven, seven years. years. Yeah. It's like right after 9-11, about 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and, and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the joint staff who used, used to work for me. And one of the generals called me and he said, sir, you got to come in. You got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no. He says, we've made the decision. We're going to war with Iraq. This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, we're going to war with Iraq, why? He said, I don't know. <laughs> he said, I guess they don't know what else to do. So uh, I said, well, did they find some information collect connecting Saddam to Al-Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like, we don't know what to do about terrorists, but We've got a good military, and we can take down governments. And um, he said, I guess if, if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem has to look like a nail. So I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, he reached over on his desk, he picked up a piece of paper, and he said, I just, he said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. Iran, Iran, Iran. Finishing with Iran. Yeah, I remember that clip. Libya, Iraq, Syria. I can't remember what the rest were. I think Democracy Now! has the rights to it or whatever. But that was also when he said, you know, we have this great military and, you know, not every problem looks like a nail, but when you have this hammer. Yeah. You want to use that song, bitch. Then you make every problem a nail. Anyways. So another absolutely amazing development to follow sort of along with the theme of this article is that a deal has been worked out where the Saudis have essentially stopped bombing the living hell out of Yemen. Which is fantastic. Yeah, they've been doing that for 10 years. U.S. weapons, folks. Yeah. And it's been an absolute humanitarian crisis. You're, you're never not hearing about it. Right. right. Ukraine. Yeah. That's the one we need oh, to focus yeah. on. Oh, yeah. Nobody was talking about Yemen. Yeah. Poor people. Why, dude? Who cares about them? I do. Because the mainstream media didn't tell you to care about them. The Saudis were bombing them to the Stone Age, man. Yeah, it was terrible. 
U.S. back. Completely terrible. Yeah. U.S. back, Absolutely. by the way. Even we, yeah. according to Congressman U.S. Ron sanctioned. Absolutely. So, yeah, he follows that article up with, we non-interventionists are often attacked as isolationists. But as I have always said, it is the neocons and interventionists in Washington who are really isolating us from the rest of the world. Nowhere is that more evident these days in the Middle East. It didn't have to be this way. But if this is the end of the U.S. meddling in the Middle East affairs, then ultimately it is a good thing for the American people and for peace. See, that's my whole attitude about even, even the economic mess that we're about to go through. Yes. And I'm sure that the plan, it's not going to be good for anybody. I'm sure that the replacement is going to be horrible and, dare I say, <laughs> um, apocalyptic. I don't know what, I, what I'm looking for, but it could, could be, be bad. Could be bad. Could be to that point. We've talked about the CBDC, central bank digital currencies. Yep. Uh, but it, you know, it's it's time, and and he, Ron Paul, has for decades now had a way of eloquently speaking what is on my mind. You know what I mean? I don't have the words that he does. He's an excellent writer, and he. Yeah. So, yes, it is a good thing. It is a good thing that peace is breaking out in the middle east makes me happy right finally but amazing that it doesn't make people in washington dc happy and amazing yeah because what we didn't do it the 20 years that we spent over there so plus, all that equipment they left in <laughs> afghanistan that didn't create peace in the middle east <laughs> <laughs> pictures of uh i mean holy crap dude yeah some taliban with some nice setups man yeah Trigicon ACOG scopes. Looking on good. M4s and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh. Looking good, Barry. Feel the funk, Looking good, you handsome motherfucker. That well, freaking ACOG still is... Still don't... Hey, you can have all the good, coolest gear in the world, but if you don't know how to use it... I said... Scope sport. costs more money than the rifle. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, dude. <laughs> For real. Come on, man. Yeah. Send some of that my way. You should have left that... Some middle of some cornfield in Iowa. Yet I'm sure there's still some soldier or marine or someone that's locked up in a brig for trying to steal steal parts out of the armory or something stupid. Yeah. Now so, now would you know be a good time to mention the thirteen young Marines that lost their lives exiting Afghanistan and we already know it didn't have to happen. Corman. One corman. One corman. Twelve thousand Humvees. Yeah. And thousands of air to ground weapons. Oh, you can leave all of the M4s, ACOGs, Blackhawks. Leave whatever, but man, leaving 13. Why couldn't they just fly the aircrafts out of there? Leaving 13 Americans like that. They must not have had the pilots, dude. (laughs) You think, all right, we're getting out of here. Everybody board up, drive out. Mm, Unless it was intentional. I don't know. I don't know. But what we do know. Is that Macron is not only pissing off his own people out there in France. Guess who else he's pissing off? Apparently, Europe. Well, certain parts of Europe. Certain parts. More important, I think, he's pissing off the United States and United States-controlled Europe. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That part of that side of the wall, if you will. Yeah, this is the Guardian article by Jennifer 
Renkin. Hey, we could probably still even call it the Berlin Wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those guys are turds. Some of those Germans. Some of them are actually have their heads screwed on straight and don't know what the hell their real their powerful leadership's doing. Mm, well, how <clears throat> dare you? How dare you? Anyways, this is Arpel, Arpel, April tenth article. And it says it starts off Emmanuel Macron has flown into a storm of criticism after he said Europe should not become a vessel, vassal, vassal, and must avoid being drawn into any conflict between the U.S. and China and over Taiwan. Well, I would say that uh, given the U.S. military base situation in Europe since the end of the Second World War, <laughs> the uh, whole vassal boat. The ve- the vessel done left the harbor on that vassal Oops. situation. Yeah. But, you know, to start making the economic moves. Well, maybe he knows something about the China and Taiwan issue, considering that he made these remarks on an interview on his plane after a three-day visit to China. Well, at least he's... Where he got the red carpet treatment. Yeah, well, at least he's smart enough to know that they shouldn't get involved no they shouldn't so all the but, so this is the thing here this is what bothers me about all of this is because for especially for the past three years we're in the spring of 2023 now that's three years in this new world right where all the these new people normal. all these people and particularly i'm gonna I guess i'm gonna call them out right now the right and republicans yeah oh after all these three years of learning how much we can't trust government all of a sudden there's an enemy for us to get behind and, and fight it's, and it's china china doing all this to us no the chinese no. virus this was done within all of this economic chaos that we're about to endure this happened inside yeah this was an inside job internal. this wasn't this isn't china's fault and any upper hand that they receive in this they were handed they were handed from inside well maybe it was their spies dude there's got to be a ton of them here and the Russian spies work together, completely bring down our entire infrastructure. Or it's just the greed of man. I don't know. But yeah, he said it, it would be a trap for Europe. Now it had developed more autonomy since the COVID pandemic to get caught up in crises that are not ours. If there was an acceleration between the American and Chinese duopoly, quote, we will not have the time nor the means to finance our own strategic autonomy, and we will become vassals, whereas we could become the third pole in the world order if we have a few years to develop this. Going for power. Hmm. Well, it's going to be kind of hard to get a military that's going to want to fight for you when your own countrymen are about to drag you out in the street and hang you, bud. Yeah, when it's burning right now. <laughs> yeah. So it's probably pretty smart for him to say that they don't need to be getting involved in the Taiwan-China mess. Yeah, for sure. With the with the heat on. Right. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. The heat is on. <laughs> the heat is on. Uh, as we speak about this, Iraq is pulling up videos on Twitter of armed or at uh suited armored riot gear agents. Yeah, yeah riot geared agents yeah, they're police riot clubbing gear. people yep. france clubbing the shit and out of people Viva but, la Paris. What? Ah. but the police are getting overwhelmed well that's what happens when you piss off the population of your country <clears throat> and oh get this 
There's a lot more of us than there are of them. Viva la resistance. See, now why aren't these police Simple just... Simple math, folks. Like Shoot January them? 6th, I <laughs> am to just let them. Well, they have different uh, ideas, th- I guess. Good I don't thing know. they don't have guns. Right. Yeah, but you should go read that article. There's a lot into that one. The article uh, I would like to touch on before we leave... It says, quote, he also emphasized the risks to Europe of the U.S. Inflation Reduction Act, a 30, 369 billion or 300 billion euro green subsidy plan and overdependence on the dollar. However, he said Europe had reacted with great speed to come up with, quote, our European IRA, referring to plans to boost homegrown green tech and the production of the critical raw, of critical raw materials. Hmm. He also came back mentioning, um, you know, not being so dependent on the dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some people were talking a bunch of trash about him, saying that the interview was being seen as a parting gift to Xi Jinping. Just a little stroke in the ego. You are so good. <clears throat> Another doomed attempt after Putin to sweet-talk an autocrat and suggested that the French president may have been trying to boost his poll ratings in France. More likely, it was just Macron being Macron thinking ahead in an interesting way but not measuring the immediate political impact of his words. There's an opinion piece from CNN that we're going to get to uh, by Frida Gaitis. Thursday, April 13th. 2023. What was her name again? Start again. Free to guide us. Guide us. Free to guide us. Opinion amid fallout of Macron G meeting. Another world leader tries his luck. I believe the, yeah, the world leader that they're referring to here is Brazilian president, Luis Inacio Lula da Silva, uh, going to Beijing oh. following the French visit. I don't see what the fallout is. Macron actually seems to be, in my very elementary point of view, making French strong moves. Well, who, who the hell wants to get involved in a war between China and Taiwan? Crazy. Apparently Biden does. Crazy people. Apparently former Vice President Biden wants to get into that war. Crazy he people. said it. People well, around I'll play, him. I'll play the clip. What should Chinese President Xi know about your commitment to Taiwan. We agree with what we signed on to a long time ago, and that there's a one-China policy, and Taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence. We are not moving, we're not encouraging their being independent. We're not, let, that's their decision. But would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack. After our interview, a White House official told us U.S. policy has not changed. Officially, the U.S. will not say whether American forces would defend Taiwan. But the commander-in-chief had a view of his own. So unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women, would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion? Yes, the people around him, at least. Mm. Who wants to retire at 62? Dude. No one. Dude. Biden has been going around. He's in Ireland as we record this. There are like Irish school kids asking him questions. Frickin' Hunter is on the plane with him, on the trip with him. This dude 
can't even comprehend what kids are asking him, man. Really? He's yes. Not, is he's not like, telling, you want to touch my legs? You want to suck hairs? on my tongue? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. That's not the Dalai Lama. That was Lama. the Dalai Lama. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> that's so disturbing, too, it's, dude. It's deep state figures around him, in my opinion. So, yeah, but in this opinion article on CNN, they keep talking about the fallout. So, <clears throat> and mentions, quote, Lula had best tread carefully. Macron's China visit and the fallout from his comments about Europe not following America's lead on Taiwan is an object lesson in the need for world leaders to practice more self-discipline when dealing with Beijing, end quote. Why do they need to follow the U.S. into a war? Why is the U.S. even in interested in a war between to, taiwan and china we to keep their dollar from collapsing i think why are we try even talking again. about this they're gonna try it again semiconductors what and, is? and once again republicans are all behind this now they trust government right so taiwan's well, when not, it comes to war duh Especially taiwan's not in nato no no <laughs> <laughs> you think they should be should they apply for pacific nato partnership Everyone should be in NATO. Duh, it's the only way to keep the world safe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what they told me at school, dude. So. so anyway, yeah, fallout, fallout, fallout. There's so much fallout from Macron. Just speculation, but he maybe he got talked down to a little bit. Maybe all the red carpet treatment was for schnitz and giggles to uh make the camera the cinematography look nice but it's like hey this is how it's gonna be buddy yeah we're china you're france you sit over there <laughs> the big dog tell you little dog <laughs> it was like the south park the chino pokemon <laughs> oh, you didn't chin, see, chin didn't, pokemon didn't see this one the chino pokemon that's an old one dude that's like first season stuff yeah, but it is relevant if anybody recognizes. Oh, okay, dude, <laughs> that's not relevant to this at all. Play the clip. No, <laughs> I'm not playing that clip. I know which one you're talking about. I'm not doing it. Okay, so also going off of that kind of, I don't have the article pulled up, but supposedly North Korea went dark somewhere. The first week or two of April stopped Dark. any diplomatic or communication ties with South Korea. Yeah, or the rest of the world, apparently. John, so we know that inter-Korean tensions are high, especially with military drills by South Korea and allies. Just how dangerous is this move by Pyongyang? It's a little too early to see yet. I usually when the communications links are cut, it's done in a fit of anger by North Korea over specific actions by South Korea, whether it's military drills or activists sending anti-North Korean leaflets across the border by balloon. So at this point, we're looking at it as perhaps just a show of anger over the joint military drills and some stuff going on with an inter-Korean uh, uh, factory complex on the north side of the border. But there's also the worry that this could be um, signaling something bigger to come, a realignment of North Korea's position vis-a-vis -vis the U.S. and South Korea. At this point, it's about oh, uh, five days in, a weekend for the cut of the communications link. So it's a little too early to say whether it's something big or as it's been in, been in the past 
past, just a show of anger at uh, some of the developments on the peninsula. What's been the purpose, really, of having these hotlines? It's mostly to uh, keep communication between the two Koreas. I mean, technically, the two Koreas are still at war because the uh, the Korean War ended with an armistice agreement and not an official peace treaty. So there's some things which just don't occur. There is no regular phone service between the two Koreas. Uh, if they want to do communication, it's a little bit difficult. Sometimes at that truce village, back in the past, they would have uh, fax machines on each side, and someone would go up to the border and tell the people on the other side to turn on their fax machine to send communication. So simple stuff like just getting messages across is much more difficult when you don't have normal and regular communication. Communication. Especially when you have North Korea, you know, sending ballistic missiles and, and, and really ratcheting up tensions. So what sort of weapons has Pyongyang tested this year already? And North Korea is really stepping up its production of weapons which are designed to deliver strikes to uh, the U.S. and its allies in Asia, mostly Japan and South Korea. They're looking at new systems, new means of uh, delivering them. Uh, also, they're testing systems to simulate attacks. Before, they often did just like one-off tests of missiles. Now they're doing five or six. They're detonating mock warheads uh, above it, several meters above the target. So they're showing this year these new these new systems, new deliveries, and uh, new weapons. Even something which they called a uh, underwater drone to deliver a an underwater tsunami, uh, a underwater nuclear attack. The the capabilities of this are doubted by the South and uh, experts, but this is something that they have rolled out as well. Yeah, I don't have much on that, but interesting. Yes. Yeah. Well. well you wanted to bring up another yeah the next one in line political. the next one in line with the Macron visit to China is a politico.eu article titled Charles Michel Europe warming up to Macron's strategic autonomy push away from US European Council President says EU cannot blindly systematically follow Washington end quote yeah that sounds yeah. pretty common sense. Looks like they're going to be getting out of... Probably should have done that a long time ago. Oh, by the way, Macron, you go visit Xi. We've been talking about lately, too, this road they want to build. The Silk Road? This big interstate like we have here in the U.S. From Beijing to Paris, probably. Mm. Yeah. It's a big deal. Kind of. It's a really big deal. First paragraph... Brussels, European leaders are becoming increasingly favorable towards French President Emmanuel Macron's push for strategic autonomy away from the United States. European Council boss Charles Michel said Tuesday. As controversy swells around Macron's comments that Europe should resist pressure to become America's followers, Michel suggested that the French politician's position was not isolated among EU leaders. Hmm. While Macron spoke as the French president, his views reflect a growing shift among EU leaders, Michel said. That's I, interesting. I would imagine that the people of Europe, just the average everyday folks, are not enthused with United States foreign policy anymore. Oh, no, yeah. They're, the the thrill's gone away. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And they're burning cities down. Yeah. In certain places, so. 
And they're seeing how much of a shit deal it is. And they're dumping shit trucks in town squares. Yeah. Yeah. So they're fed up. And I mean, one could speculate that foreign policy and blindly following the United States as they have for so long as part of that. Yeah. Speculation. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Speculation denied. Yeah. What were we going to say, you rock? So three days ago, Biden signed a bill ending the COVID-19 national emergency. So let's celebrate. Celebrate good times. Come on. All right. We're going to have a good time. (laughs) Okay. Say that again. So on Monday. Mm Mm-hmm. Which was? I've been April 11th. Somewhere around there, folks. No, April 10th. Sorry. Yeah. On April 10th, President Biden signed a Republican-authored bill terminating the national emergency over the COVID-19 pandemic. I had no idea that the pandemic was over. (laughs) The more you know. Yeah. Yay! I mean, we've been six feet away from each other for so long. This says it. Yeah, we're literally across the room talking to each other right now. It was a month. It was a month before the White House had said the president would unilaterally end the national emergency declarations related to the pandemic. Thank you. That's cute. Yeah, thanks. Well, yeah. Good news, everyone. Good news. Yeah. All right. I don't have uh, access to the next article, so it must be all Washington posted out. WAPO. This is about those Discord leaks. Democracy dies in darkness. Pay us money. All right. So this says intelligence leaks expose U.S. spying on adversaries and allies oh, by Shane could, Harris and Dan Lamoth. Who could have had any idea? Yeah, like that one time that we were caught spying on that Merkel. Hey, guys. And our other allies, the Queen. Guys, look at me. This is my surprised face. Super surprised. Not really. It's not like they have haven't been doing it since the nineteen forties. Right, yeah, this is no uh no big surprise here. <laughs> right. Yeah, we haven't but talked about any of that. The surprises on how this information got out. And you'll find it funny. So okay. okay. Did you say Meghan Markle? No, Merkel. Oh okay. Angela Merkel? Merkel, that's it. Yeah, Angela Merkel. Merkel. Durkle Durkle. <laughs> so All right. This was uh April eighth. As U.S. officials and their foreign allies scrambled to understand how dozens of classified intelligence documents had ended up on the Internet, they were stunned and occasionally infuriated at the extraordinary range of detail the files exposed about how the United States spies on friends and foes alike. Once again, not surprised here, folks. If you are the leader of a foreign nation or former, or what have you, or whatever you are, particularly European, and you're surprised that the United States is spying on you, you might be useless. Here's your sign. So, so I know I'm a little a late. Dun- here's a dunce cap. <laughs> Go sit in the corner. Was that a restrict act? What's the update on that? I'm going to get to the update here. Yep. Just wait. Just wait. So the documents... Uh, Appear to have come from, at least in part, from the Pentagon and are marked as highly classified. Ooh. Yeah. They go in here and talk about a bunch of crap, yada, yada, yada. 
what was on those we were spying on ukraine apparently there was an assessment that i guess the u.s didn't really think that ukrainians were going to win the war i don't know apparently that was assessed that maybe they were uh overselling it a little bit maybe huh i don't know but officials we, we never said anything about that no not that you were no. on horn Officials in several countries said that they were trying to assess the damage from the disclosure, and many were left wondering how they had gone unnoticed for so long. Because photographs of at least several dozen pages of highly classified documents, which looked to have been printed and then folded together in a packet, were shared on February 28th and March 2nd on a Discord chat. That is, uh, Discord's popular with gamers and stuff. And other chat rooms. Maybe we'll start a Discord of our own someday. Maybe. The documents were shared by users to a servo called Wow Mao. Wow. Uh, yeah. So you can go read that for yourself if you want to get the full details on what exactly was in this. Who knows how much of his mumbo jumbo. But they they finally they tracked down the kid. Okay. Jack Texera. Yeah. He was a kid? His, yeah. He, or is that Tahara? I don't know. He went by the name like Jack the Ripper and OG on his Discord. He was the... Uh, 21-year-old from Massachusetts, apparently. Yeah. A member of the Massachusetts Air National Guard was arrested Thursday, which would be the 13th of April, by if- the FBI in connection with leaking of classified national defense information, Attorney General Merrick garland said if the uh picture on this article or one of them is accurate here it looks like they had a bear cat like an armored personnel carrier <laughs> yeah this he, kid because he, he's a super dangerous terrorist yeah I mean, uh, <laughs> what is he like edward snowden 2.0 i think he was wanting to be or something i don't know but it's believed that jack tx sierra tx sierra jack Teixeira. i guess that's how you say it. i don't know is believed to be the leader of the online chat group where the classified documents were posted. Multiple officials told CNN. This is from a CNN Politics article by uh, Elise Hammond, Adrian Vogt, Matt Meyer, and Marion Chowdhury. 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 Also, Evan Perez. Yeah. Jack Teixeira. He was a cyber transport systems journeyman. That's his official job. And tasked with making sure that the service vast global communications network is operating correctly, according to the Air Force. So apparently he was in the Pentagon at one point and or pulled these from a Pentagon server. And then post them on, which I, I don't I, I don't see where I don't think it says in here, like what his motive was for doing this. Don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? No explanation. Yeah. Yeah, he was only 21 year old. The FBI had narrowed the number of people down to they believe could be responsible for the leaks and have been conducting interviews in recent days. Two people briefed on the matter said earlier. While there's a large number of people, excuse me, a large number of people who had access to the documents, investigators have been able to home in a small number for closer scrutiny. Maybe he just wanted to make a big name for himself, you know, like Snowden. Maybe. I mean, not saying that Snowden wanted to make a name for himself. He did a lot of good. Right, right. 
But it said, thanks to the forensic trail left by the person who posted the documents, investigators were working on building a case for prosecution. People with familiar with the matter said, well, yeah, no shit. Like, what do you think this is? September 10th, 2001. Anything you do online is completely tracked and they will find it. Yeah, they're going to crucify his ass, too. Yeah, what a dumbass. But I, I like which I, ties in next very well to the next article we have to bring up. But which put that aside. Speaking now. of dumbasses, the Russia says U.S. intelligence leaks may be fake, part of hybrid war against it. This came out April twelfth, so before that arrest. But the Russian uh, deputy foreign minister Sergei Rabakov, yeah, Rayab Rayabkov, Sergei Rayabkov said on Wednesday that a. A trove of U.S. intelligence documents posted online in recent weeks might be fake in a deliberate attempt to mislead Moscow because the U.S. government does that. Yeah, it's part of fake intelligence is most of intelligence, actually. Right? Right? Yeah. (laughs) Plant false stories. The first casualty of war is the truth. We've gone over this. Yeah. Plant false stories. You know, plant false intelligence. Get your, hey, Sun Tzu. Deception is necessary in every war, right? Yep. Yeah, they, the Russians said since the United States is a party to the Ukraine conflict and is, in essence, waging a hybrid war against us, it's possible that such things are being done to mislead the enemy, that is, the Russian Federation. And then I guess the Kremlin said earlier on the 12th that it did not know, like everyone else, how authentic the do- documents were. So apparently other people in the world are asking about the authenticity of these leaked intelligence documents. But a former CIA officer has said it is highly likely that Moscow orchestrated the leak in order to sow confusion and potential division between the Washington and its allies. Duh. Case closed. It's Russian disinfo. The CIA told us. You know, most most of the videos I've watched on YouTube and whatnot of... Like pretty much like former CIA guys. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's been on Rogan a couple times. And then there's another one that was on um, a former SEAL guys podcast recently. They seem to be pretty hawkish. They seem to have oh, yeah? that. Yeah, they seem to have that mentality Dan, of like Dan Cren- Crenshaw. Well, uh, well, of course, China's trying to destroy our currency and stuff like that. Like. Because they're a bunch of... <laughs> like it's hard to do right now or like we shouldn't <laughs> expect it. Because we haven't been devaluing it and just completely destroying our own currency I mean, over the last 50 years. Here are three guys in a freaking barn in the middle of nowhere in Iowa talking about it. And we don't know shit about and yeah, but. And... Well, I don't get it. I'm not that hawkish, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. But these guys are also, they're Jason Bournes, right? They went through programming. I mean, training. Your word's not mine. (laughs) So, I don't know if this guy was trying to do an Edward Snowden thing or whatever. If it's even true, maybe the Russians are right. Maybe this whole thing. Where was that breakdown? Maybe that is a hoax. I've seen the... Disinformation. I've seen the theory come up elsewhere yeah so it wouldn't surprise me yeah it wouldn't surprise me at all i mean and again that's like the first part of intelligence and whatnot deceiving the enemy counterintelligence they like to call it 
you know, a very simple animation of that might be making your, in, in like ancient times or medieval times, like making your force seem much larger than it is. Oh, right? yeah. You know, if you only I have mean, a, the, if you only the have a, allies did in World War Two. Yeah, if you only well, the, the Normandy. They yeah, Normandy. So that that wasn't the shortest point, right? I right. can't remember the name of the actual that straight straight like the shortest point. But everybody looked that up. He rocked. Even even Hitler and whatnot. It's not that big of a deal, but it's just like you know, this is where they're going to come. Yeah. So what did they do? That's what they loaded up those planes with like tinfoil shavings mm-hmm. and they flew oh, them yeah. in ovals so it over with the, the radar. channel so that it would look like a giant force was coming. Plus, days prior to yeah, that, it would look they like had a big force. inflatable tanks and all this other stuff out there. There was a so ghost it looked army. Like, yeah, it looked like the there coast. was a massive, massive right there, yeah. military mass. But it was all inflatable. It had its own name and everything. Mm-hmm. And once again, intelligence was placed on the continent that, yeah, they allies were mounting this major army there yeah this major offense they're going to come across and it was like inflatable tanks and planes and stuff yeah brilliant right but of course we all know now that the invasion happened elsewhere right in normandy normandy and some of those beaches i think the ones the canadians came up on is sword was that I th- their I, beach I, I can't remember but there was no so the german forces basically did the same thing they had cannons and stuff set up there made out of logs and like pillbox they're no dummies yeah europe had fought a couple wars by this point in time folks right they knew what they was doing i mean tactics change but the art of deception and the art of war did not technology since the beginning of the 20th century at least has essentially been derived from killing people more efficiently and where in the 20th century did that happen more than europe or at right. least in the no most kidding. bloody fashion when it did. Right. Not yeah. to not to make small of stuff that happened elsewhere, of course, but Right. No doubt. No doubt. Cambodia, Laos, Vietnam, China, Africa. Small now. Yeah, all over Africa. Everywhere. But yeah, I don't know. So yeah, I wanted to just bring you that did you see? Did you see? So we'll be trying to bring more stuff to you here in the future. You know we will. Try to keep up with the news. Yep. But we need you guys to like, follow, subscribe, and share, please. At Iowa Talk Guys on Twitter. Share with your friends. Yeah, leak it. Leak it. Leak it, yeah. Yeah, leak it with your friends. Leak it to your mom. Wait. And you guys are the ones that are really going to catapult this. By the way, this is 50, right? This is episode 50, yeah. So. Thank you for helping us get here. Yeah. This is pretty much a year we've been recording. Almost. We're coming up to our anniversary of when we dropped our first episodes. Well, we we dropped them in July, July. but we started recording April of 2022. Yeah. So big deal. We, We got a big concert to go to for our anniversary party do we mm-hmm. <laughs> we should get a keg or something i think there might be kegs there yeah yeah free keg some hair metal bands right in win tickets so yeah 
Uh, follow us also on Instagram at IowaTalkGuys underscore podcast. Amazon, Spotify, Podbean. iHeartRadio. OnlyFans. Only Audible. <laughs> OnlyFans.com slash IowaTalkGuys. See if it's out there. Also, my personal uh, OnlyFans is Dad Bods. Mm. Yeah. Also, if you want to be on the show, dad, dad, email me. Dad Bods Iowa. Three three one. Okay. <laughs> in case there's no, no. a dad bods out there. Uh, email me if you want to be on the show at TP at Iowa Talk Guys. It's in the description. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening. Send we your uh, pictures. Submit pictures for dad bods. Dick Iowa to at, Theo at TP. to Theo at Iowa Talk at Guys. Iowa Talk Guys. <laughs> Please, not me. But most importantly, always remember: don't eat the yellow cake. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Ever. Don't listen to Jim Jones. All right? Ever. I would talk guys out. 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 Hi. Good night, everybody.